Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, here my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. Hey, it's just us. No producer, no Garrett. Jared. Garrett. Yeah, so if it's where produced wrong, not my fault. <laughs> I just work here. Oh, yeah, exactly. As long as, it, as long as the check clears for 36 cents, <laughs> then we're good. The mouse is getting the cheese. This is what happens when you let the talent run the show. <laughs> we're back. So we're back. We're This week we're talking about the AFC West, arguably one of the Arguably the best division Arguably. Yeah. Arguably. Well, this Watson news, AFC North is kind of no longer the best. Well, I concur. Yeah. So talking to AFC West, and we're going to dive into that right away. Before, though, we Before? do that, we got to tell you about our friends at Price Picks. Uh, Price Picks, you know, as the season gets closer here, we're going to have a lot more Price Picks action because we give you know, you, you can go on there. You can do some over and under, some prop bets on soccer, Major League Baseball, NBA is going to come back soon, college football. But we are NFL guys. NFL, we are. Yeah, that's what we talk about. So, you know, like there's over like one of the prop bets right now on uh, Prize Picks is Gabriel Davis on the opener, fifty one and a half yards. Right. And they're playing the Rams. They're playing the Rams. I love the over on that. Definitely, they're going to have. They're going to have to throw the heck out of the ball. Yeah, which. The Bills already are one of the number one throwing offenses in the NFL as it is. And Gabe Davis is only going to get to the 3,000 yards that everyone's projecting if he gets way more than – like he's got to be at like 200 yards a game, right? That's so, one catch. Yeah. yeah, that's one catch. So that's no problem. <laughs> no. So that's, that's 25% of what he's going to get in that game easily. Right. Yeah. So the Gabe Davis over 51.5 yards. They have Stephon Diggs at 67.5. Like, and I, I'll probably take the over on that too. Even Josh Allen, 275.5, I'd probably take the over on that as well. He's going to be at least 400 in that game. Three props, boom, gave yep. it to you. Lock them up, yep. all three of them. So that's what Price Picks is, guys. It's and gals. It's a, it's a app right now. The number one app you get out there right now and make prop bets. Right, so you get out there, you pick two to five players that you like. You take their over. You take the under. Maybe you're like, no, Gabe Davis won't do that. You take the own under. You go up to ten times your entry. And right now, use a promo code Nerds. They're gonna match your deposit up to a hundred percent, up to a hundred bucks. Hundred bucks. Hundred yep. bucks. I'm like a hundred bucks. At 100%. 100%. 100 bucks. Yeah. A lot of Benjamin Franklin's going out there. And on top of that, in the show notes, there's a Google sheet. You go down there. You put your information that you sign up with the, the nerds code because the promo code is nerd to get that. Got to uh, use the thing. code. And what we're going to do is enter you into our audit drawn. And on top of that, we're going to send you a Dynasty Nerd shirt. For doing a futures bet, though, correct? You got to make an NFL futures yes. bet. Yep. Use the promo code nerds. We'll know that you made the bet. And we'll send you a Dynasty Nerds shirt. The most comfortable shirt in the world. Matt, Matt's rocking the Chargers one. Yes. Looking good. The I Rams, got, Chargers. It could go either way. That could go either way. Yeah, yeah. You're right. That could go Rams or Chargers. Um, I got this standard gray old school one on there. But we have about 20 NFL teams on there. You put your couple teams on there that you want, and we'll send you one of those and your size. It's in the Google shirt. This one, by the way, one of my new faves. Is it? As, through, as soon as I, I, I put it on, it just felt like it felt, it felt like the like glove. You. Yeah, it felt like me. I haven't put one of those in my closet yet. Yeah. I literally need a whole new shelf for my Dynasty Nerds I do have a whole new shelf just for my Dynasty Nerds Because I need to get the Raiders one. Yeah. I want the, the Jets one. Dude, the Raiders one, one is slick, man. You like it a lot? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. You can have one of these shirts, too. Now, you can buy them on the site. Now, I know all the new shirts aren't on there. I found out it's my fault because I haven't put the quantity on there. I'm going to do that probably by the time the show's out. So you can go in there and buy one if you want, or you just get one for free by putting 10 bucks in price picks and boom, you got a free shirt mm. and you're going to win some sweet cash. 
Sweet cash. Sweet, I mean, all sweet, cash sweet cash. Sweet. Someone yes. gives me a dollar. I'm like, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> sweet cash. Yeah, that is sweet, sweet cash. Sweet my kids would even take a nickel. You know what I mean? Anything. Oh, yeah. They're, they'll yeah, scrounge kids, around in, cl- in couches and, and stuff sometimes. And my kid worked this summer and he made 70 bucks for the week. He's like, Dad, I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm like, yeah, hey, can I borrow 70 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> give, me that, give me that money back. All right. So let's jump into some of these teams, shall we? Let's do it. Let's kick it off with the Denver Broncos. At quarterback, they have Russell Wilson, Josh Johnson, Brett Rippon. At running back, Javante Williams, Melvin yeah. Gordon, Mike Boone, Demario Crockett, who just tore his ACL, so he's out for the year. Who did? Uh, Demario Crockett. No, uh, what's his name? Tim Patrick just tore his ACL. So did Demario Crockett. Did he really? Both, both of those guys? Literally on the same day. How did yeah. I miss the other one? Jeez. Uh, they are snake bit at that position, aren't they? They're a little bit, yeah. He was KJ Hamler last year. It was Cortland, Sun- Cortland Sutton. I think they before. signed Max Borgie. Okay. I think today. Um, the the uh, running back out of? Yeah, out of, uh, is you it, know. Yeah, anyway. the, the pass-catching running back out of, was it K-State? Or where, where, no. Yeah, the, the white guy. Where the heck was it? Whatever he was. He was, he was a guy that got like 80, yeah, 80 catches a couple years back. Uh, at wide receiver, they have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, out for the year. Out for the year. Uh, with, uh, you know who else? Jordan Matthews tore his ACL today, too. Right. Get out of here. Oh, yeah, I think we talked about that team, so we'll get to that. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim Patrick, uh, KJ Hamler, Kendall Hinton, and Seth Williams. So let me make a move there. At tight end, Albert O, Greg Dulcich, Eric Tomlinson, and Eric Selbert. Uh, and they also have a new uh, new head coach. New head coach, absolutely. With Daniel Hackett there. Coming, uh, over from, formerly. F- coming over from Green Bay. Yeah, you like him? Do I like him? I mean, I, I think he ran a good offense there in Green Bay. I don't know that he called the plays, though, right? It was the head coach that was calling the plays over there. So we'll see what he actually brings to the table. Got Aaron Rodgers back to the back-to-back MVPs. And mm-hmm. you got to remember, too, when he was used to OC with Jacksonville, and he got the best out of Blake Bortles that one year. Like, Blake Bortles played well. Didn't they, yeah. the, they made it far, didn't they? Was that AFC Championship? Blake made it to the AFC Championship one year. Correct. Yeah. I don't know if he was the OC that year, but they, they did make it far with him once. Yeah, so he's, he's actually had um, – three top 10 NFL offenses. Nice. Going back all the way to 17. Uh, their new offensive coordinator is going to be Josh, uh, Justin Outen there. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where we're, we're going to see how, see how it goes. I mean, he runs a pretty balanced offense. I mean, the, the rest of the NFL, he runs it like 60% of the time right around there, I, or passes around 60% of the time. I, mean, I, I think if you use the the blueprint there in, in Green Bay, you're going to see, you know, running backs getting thrown passes. You're going to, you're going to see a lot of involvement from the running backs period. And it, it just makes life easier on the quarterbacks when you when you lean on the running game and it's, and obviously when they signed Melvin Gordon um, this past year to this to this one year deal that they were doing that to kind of solidify that the running game make sure if something did happen to to Jobante, there's a guy that's more than capable there and, and and really you can you can rely on the running game so much so much better when there's two guys I feel like the NFL in general. They see they see the teams like Cleveland and some of these other people that have two headed monsters and even if one guy isn't there they're not missing a beat week in and week out they're not struggling to get through two or three game stretches when the running backs go down so I think it's smart move by them and obviously Russell Wilson is the hugest story here he's he's going to make the biggest difference here um, in Denver and his ability to go deep I think is is really going to highlight guys like Cortland Sutton obviously big tall guy that can go up and get the ball and and Jerry Judy. We haven't seen, I think, the best out of him, but Jerry Judy is going to be, I think, at, at, at worst, you know, 
a Tyler Lockett type of guy, and I think you could, you know from a talent standpoint, he's he's got a higher ceiling as well. Yeah, Court and Sun, you think, and Russell Wilson are a really good match together. The way he can put down the field, you push the ball downfield, which he likes to do. I know, and I know Wilson. He just turned thirty four. Uh, we know these quarterbacks play a little bit longer, and his numbers were down, but he had that fractured finger, which was an issue a little bit there. Right. Um, so that should be an. An issue. I mean, I know his Russian numbers are down a little bit, but he's 34, so you'd expect that a little bit for those Russian numbers to come down. But this is a guy who does like to push the ball downfield, and that's what Cortland does, Sun does, because he lines up on the outside so much. And they assigned him to a big contract. You got to remember the new GM, George Patton, there, uh, he didn't draft Jerry Judy, but he did sign Tim Patrick to a three year deal, gave him $18.5 million guaranteed, then got, he got that. And then he signed Cortland Sutton at the time to a big contract, four years, $60 million. That's a great deal now at $35 million guaranteed. So this is somebody's going to come in and be his number one receiver on the outside. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, to back to the Tim Patrick stuff, I, I do think that's going to be a bit of a blow because like, he had a surprising year last year, and I think he would have fit really well with Russell Wilson as well yep. on the outside. So that does, that does you know, it, it – it, tempers you know a little bit of the enthusiasm around that wide receiver core they're probably gonna have to go out and find somebody because behind those two guys they don't have really much i mean kj hamler was the 46th pick in the draft uh in 2020 and judy was the 15th pick there so they have kj hamler but he's he's a deep threat that might get a little bit some down there what i'm interested to see and i saw today he actually started practicing and running routes there was greg dulcich right like yeah so you have albert O. you got greg dulcich the concern is a little bit so what i'm worried about albert O is over over time, uh, Russell Wilson doesn't throw over the middle a lot. If you look over his stats over time, he does not throw over the middle. That's um, not really like his. It's s- not his thing. He's, it's he, not his thing. Yeah, he, he likes to push it outside where Sutton lives. Judy, uh, he ran most of his snaps in the slot last year. He ran seventy four percent of his snaps from the slot last year. So what I'm really interested in is Dalsich, who's a, a really nice receiver, the rookie. I wonder how they're going to. I wonder if they could utilize him somehow on the in outside. the passing game on yeah. the outside. Yeah, that's a really good point because he, his body, his his frame, is kind of like a, a an enlarged wide receiver. He's not a typical stocky type of tight end guy. He does look a little bit taller and leaner, um, maybe a little bit more high cut of a of a tight end. So I could see them kind of splitting him out wide and, and getting him involved, especially now that Tim Patrick's gone down. So. You know, to your point though, Russell Wilson, what is he? He's one of these shorter quarterbacks, so they they have to design certain plays to get him on the outside, and then really you're cutting the field in half at that point, and and, and working with one side of the field, and sometimes the middle gets left out. You know what I mean? Because that that's right dead in this, that's dead center, that's right where all the all the 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 pile up is in front of a guy that can't see over it. You know, we've seen that with with Baker Mayfield here in Cleveland, yeah. where that where that can get a little bit muddy, and and. and Russell's really good at moving around, but it does sometimes limit the kind of throws that you can make to, to downfield stuff or kind of check down stuff right in front of you, which is off to the side, to your point. Yeah, it kind of threw me down a little bit on Albert O a little bit. Like, there's a lot of hype out there. I, I would look at Albert O as a sell. I mean, kind of some of the hype has already kind of dissipated a little bit. Obviously, taking Greg Dulcich um, has hurt that a little bit as well. But look at the stats here of Russell Wilson, and I was, I was really surprised like how much he did not throw to the middle of the field and, and avoid that in-line player there. So I was kind of taken aback by that a little bit. And I know he loves to throw the outside. I know he has a lot of success to success to it, um, <laughs> doing it too. But even over the last like, couple of years, like Wilson just hasn't been that same prolific quarterback that we've seen over these last couple of years with some of his numbers. So I do like Dulcich as a nice sneaky guy. Obviously a rookie tight end is not going to come out and lay it up, but him, Daniel Bellinger, Kate Otten, these are all tight ends that like I would love to have some shares of. I'm in a startup and I took 
I took Bellinger, Dulcich, and um, I think it was Jake Ferguson was the other one. Like I grabbed all these guys. Ferguson's the not draft. a bad one either. I mean, I know we're not on the the East anymore, but um, Ferguson's a nice uh, guy because because obviously Dalton Schultz is on his uh, uh, franchise tender, yeah. and he hasn't you know he wasn't signed to a long long term deal, and then they went out and used a fourth round draft pick on him. So that that's a, that could be a good sneaky guy anyway there in Dallas. So we're gonna see we're, we're gonna see about Russell Wilson here in Denver. We expect him, but they might rely on the run game here too. I mean, we already know they're thin at running back. So when you go to the running back, you have Javante Williams right now. We know Javante Williams from the from him as an actual running back was fantastic last mm-hmm. year. I mean, his point three one missed tackles were like number one in the league last year. Uh, he averaged three point four yards after contact, which was top seven in the league last year. So Javante Williams is a really proficient runner, and we know that, and he, he's great when he has the ball in his hands, but it's just how many times he's going to get that. They, you mentioned they re-signed Melvin Gordon. He's making $2.5 million this year. They signed him late. Like it was like around April 26th. Yep. And if you look at the numbers last year, and I, I don't think it's going to work out this way, Javante Williams got and Melvin Gordon each got exactly 203 carries. Now, Javante was a little bit more involved in the passing game. He saw 53 targets compared to Melvin Gordon's 38. But you got to remember, Melvin Gordon was pretty efficient last year. He's yep. a, he was a solid yeah, running absolutely. back, too. And we mentioned this a couple of shows ago. Like, I do expect that to probably shift a little bit where it would be more of a 60-40 kind of split there. Maybe a little bit of the Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt usage there. And I'm, and I'm wondering how they're going to do that. Definitely with Javante being a little bit more involved in the passing game last year. But again, new coaching staff, new offense. We'll have to see how this plays out. It's, 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 we talk about so many, there's so much turnover. There's so many different coaches. We were talking about this last episode as well. When you have new coaching staff, like it's easy to say, well, they did this last year, they did that. That's all out the window because they're doing, they have a new quarterback. They have a new offense, new head coach. It's, it's all going to be a little bit different. Do you think it's going to be, a 60-40 split, or do you think it'd be a little bit closer to last year where it's 50-50? I mean, I th- I think they're going to give Javante every opportunity, right? Javante is 21. He's going to be 22, right? I mean, that's that's where I think he's playing this season at 22. Melvin Gordon's going to be 29 during the season here. So just from an age standpoint, I think you got to see what you have in the young guy because then it's it's – if he can handle the load, if he can handle the responsibilities of being in there on third down and getting blocks and everything like that, he's not killing Russell Wilson. I don't see why you would take him off other than, other than to, you know, give, give Melvin Gordon a series or two within a game. That's at least how I feel. You know, if I'm running the show, you got this guy in a one-year deal, you know, he can do it. If he, if, if Javante gets injured, and you know he can be very efficient in whatever whatever opportunity he gets. And at 29 years old, you don't want to beat up a guy too much um, in Melvin Gordon either. So I mean, it could be it could be 65, 35. It, you know what I mean? It could be it could be probably something closer to that in my in my mind. And you're fine as long as Javante Williams proves that he can do all the stuff in the passing game that he needs to do. When you look at from a dynasty outlook here. Like who are your buys here? Who are your sells? I'm really interested to see how they use Judy here. Um, a very prolific route runner, um, but again, he ran a lot from the slot, a lot more in the middle. We know Russell Wilson in the throw there. Can we line them up on the outside? Do they move Greg Dulcich to the slot? Move him, you know, there, and then Albert uh, O is an inline tight end. Yeah. Because um, I look at it as like obviously with Russell Wilson and Superflex, I look at him as a sell. Uh, more so when I think when they do the ownership transfer and he does a big contract at the end of the year, I think I would look at his Russell Wilson. So I would just try to get younger there at 34 because I'm curious how this is going to play out in Denver. But then it could be a bad move because of the air there. It could push the ball downfield. I, I mean, I personally 
I think Russell's probably got five or six years. I think he's one of these guys that can play for a long time. Not a sell then. No. I th- I, th- I think he's going to end up playing for a while. Yeah, you're in, right. In my opinion. It's a reflection. That, right, that's, and that's, and that's an opinion. You know what I mean? Like, who knows? He could end up crapping out after two or three years. But I just don't see that being in his personality. He He's a grinder. You know what I mean? You see him working um, all the time. He's not a guy that's going to rest on his laurels. I think he keeps himself in really good shape and is going to be able to handle this for the long term. But do you think... I'm not worried about how long he plays. Yeah. That, that wasn't my number one concern. My my concern is Russell Wilson's probably viewed right around like quarterback nine, ten, right around there. Is his value going to take a dip? Is what you're saying? Do you think yeah. he can produce at that level? You know, the influx of young quarterbacks. You know, more coming in every single year. I expect Trevor Lawrence to take a step forward this year. Um, some of these young guys, you know, at least two of them are going to get better here. We've already got a good strong base with the top three locked in. The four after that. I mean, I just feel I feel like Russell Wilson's would be more that low end quarterback one, high end quarterback two, and you might still be able to get that good quarterback one value. And I'm really interested how they do run this offense because we don't know yet. Is it gonna be a run first offense? It's another reason why I think Javante Williams is a sell. Which you think again, that's crazy, Rich. He he's too prolific, but I'm I don't know yet. And and will I feel like Javante Williams is value right now as a top five dynasty running back, and I don't know how that gets higher than that. So I feel like I can go out and sell Javante and get equal value plus. Is I mean every audit show we've done, it's always been selling Javante Williams to get okay. better. I think you get so much, so much return because that, that the hype is still high there. No, it, yeah, is is this the Miles Sanders effect from from a couple of years ago? That's that's always the question. Is it is he actually going to produce and have it go up, or or is it is the bottom going to drop out uh, of this share? Uh, you know what I mean? That's that's is that the basic question you're asking now, or or yeah, what? I just don't. Because I don't know if they're going to run the ball a ton here, and his value does skyrocket. But then he still has Melvin Gordon there. But Melvin Gordon's be gone next year, right? What if he What if he pulls in an Aaron Jones though, and goes berserker and is way more involved than anyone ever thinks in the passing game? And that, when I looked at the target shares, that what kind of got me a little bit excited. Yeah. It was the target share there that I saw that he almost doubled Melvin Gordon's target share, and then he's a top five running back for the next four years. Exactly. And that, and then he does have more value. That's that's what I'm afraid of. I guess they're all holds in Denver right now. See how this all plays out. What kind of offense are going to run? That's the thing. Like you said it before, um, and and we were talking off the show, and it was an unrelated topic about money, but it was you know you don't you're you're not actually losing money. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Like you're not losing anything by holding on to him. Because you've only put in what you got. I mean, you drafted him with a first round draft pick. That's all you. That's your sunk cost. Right now, you could get more. Um, so that's a, that's a, what if type of thing, but uh, you're not actually losing anything. If, if you, you bought them at a one and then it went up and then you sell them eventually at a one, you never, lo- you didn't lose anything and you got all the production in between. So to me, I, he's a hold, I, I'm going to, I'm going to ride this kind of wave here. And if two, three years from now he has produced some, I still think you'll be able to get the one back and then you're just, you're equaling out and you got all the production. So I was thinking one plus another running back. Sure. Or, like, if I get 223 first, puts me in position to get, you know, one of these strong running backs coming out next year to replace, and then another running back. Like, But there, there's there's a point where you need that 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 boom of production. You know what I mean? And that's, why, and that's why people are, are are so hot to get him. And that's why, to me, he's a hold, because he's one of these guys that I see hitting that crest. And for me, that's that makes him a hold. That does not make him a sell. I see the path for him to get there. Yeah. Again, it's just, I wonder how it's all going to play. Like, are they gonna are they gonna rely on the run? Are they gonna pass? How much share is he gonna? We'll see. 
ability to break off big runs, his ability to grind out, you know, in between the tackles and catch passes. There's not much he can't do as far as fantasy football production and just from a coach's standpoint, like him staying on the field. There's no reason to take him off the field. Um, yeah, I'm probably wrong here. So, so for for me, Javante is a guy that I just feel you don't sell right now because I think he is going to hit that bubble. That you know he's gonna he's gonna ride that wave. I can't help myself, man. I love. I always try to. I just. I, I understand. I know. I, I understand. sell these running backs. I understand I'm, the it's philosophy. Such a short lived area. Like, okay, we're about to jump in the Chiefs here, right? Sure, sure. Would you sell Javante Williams for Clyde edwards alaire and a 23 first? <sighs> Say it's middle of the sure. road team. No, I get it. No. No? No. So I'd be very tempted. I'm very tempted, but th- no. It's risky business. It's risky business. Hey, I'm going to have no problem putting some socks on, some sunglasses, a white shirt, and sliding across that doorway. And I like Clyde edwards Lair too. I and like I, think, I think he's going to do good things. Real good things. I just think you're going to get more actual production out of Javante Williams. We're going to find out here in a couple months. We are. So yep. let's jump on to the Kansas City Chiefs, shall we? Yes, sir. Quarterback, Patrick. Oh, go back. I do like Greg Dulcich a lot in that offense. Yeah. No, I, I, I think he's got a ton of upside. Albert O is a big, fast guy who's done a couple of good things. He he's, he was never a guy that like overly excited me, though. No. Quarter, tight end, 11. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And and especially with with Russell Wilson's history of not really throwing much of the tight end. So. Exactly. Um, even though he helped Gerald Everett, who we'll talk about later here for the Chargers, um, when we came back from that finger injury, be like a top nine tight end at the end of the year last year. But we'll go back to that. Mm-hmm. We'll get to him. Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Pat Mahomes, Chad Henney, Shane, uh, was it Michelle? I can't remember. Yeah, okay. sure. If you say so. Running back Clyde Edwards Alaire, <laughs> Ronald do, Jones. I don't know the third string quarterback or care. <laughs> and Derek Gore. They might. Did they resign Jarek McKinnon? Uh, yeah, McKinnon's there. Okay. Yeah. Wide receiver Marquez Valdez, Scantlin, Nicole Hardman, Juju Smith Schuster, Sky Moore, Josh Gordon, Justin Ross. It was an undrafted free agent, but he is on IR right IR. now with another foot mm-hmm. surgery. Not another, but a foot surgery. Tight end, Travis did Kelsey. You, did you say Corey Coleman? Corey Coleman's there? Yeah. Corey making that roster. I don't care about <laughs> just, Corey Coleman. I was just, I was flabbergasted by how many old Cleveland Browns are on this team. <laughs> Tight end, the Travis Kelsey, Blake Bell, Noah Gray, Jordy Forston. Um, and this is some, again, this is an offense with, when you got Eric, uh, Eric Bianami run it, they throw the ball. Yep. And they throw the ball a ton. Uh, oh, you know, almost 70% of the time, this team is throwing the football. They, they throw s- they throw to set up the run. That's it. Yes. Instead of the other way around. They signed Ronald Jones to a one point five million dollar deal. Only seven hundred fifty thousand of that is guaranteed. They give him they give him some incentives to uh, get up to three point five. He's very cuttable. Very cuttable. Yep. Wide receiver Juju Smith Schuster signed a one year three point two five million dollar with the Chiefs. Again, it could be worth ten point seven five with incentives. He is not cuttable. He's there this year. Marquez Valdez Scantlin assigned to a three-year deal, thirty million dollars with fifteen million guaranteed. He's not going anywhere. Nope, he's not going. Uh, anywhere. They signed Justin Watson to a one million dollar deal, one year. He's cuttable. He's cuttable. Zero zero dead money if they mm-hmm. cut him. They drafted Sky Moore. They uh, drafted Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco. Um, and then of course Mahomes. There's not a lot to talk about here. He's been a quarterback one every single year from 2018. He was QB one pretty much. Then you know top. He's he's been a top seven QB consistently here. And this is somebody where you're like, hey, well, they lost Tyree Kill. But Mahomes even showed with instances where he didn't have Tyree Kill, he's still very efficient. You know, he still throws the ball really, really well. I mean, he was quarterback one. Um, he's been a he's been a quarterback one every time, even when Tyree Kill has not been in the offense uh there. So 
for me, there's not a lot to discuss about Pat Mahomes. I know there's been a slight dip with a Josh Allen, Justin Herbert boom. And I think you would see in a majority of Superflex startups where a year and a half ago, you said there's absolutely no way two years ago that Pat Mahomes is not the one, one Superflex for the next five years. Well, it shows you how much change happens in dynasty and how quickly it does. And nobody sustains that number. Josh Allen's right now ranked for most people, number one dynasty quarterback and Justin Herbert's going two in a lot of spots. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and you know, they're, they're the new shiny toys. Um, but it doesn't diminish Pat, Patrick Mahomes at all. You know, to be number three when you're in that group of those three guys, it's not really that big of a, a, a difference, in my opinion. Anyway, I, I'd be happy with any three of those guys. How about that? Oh, it's a tier. Yeah, it's a tier. It's a tier. I, there's no law. If you get Pat Mahomes as your right. you're settling for at number three, then you're in a good spot. Right. He's 26. He's going to be 27 this year compared to, you know, however, you know, those guys are just have a couple more years. And that's, I think, probably why they're getting pushed up above him in a lot of these things. But they all have some very similar upside. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes uh, losing Tyreek Hill, there's going to be a little bit of a, a, a bump down in his value as well in some people's eyes. But you just laid it out. He is still very efficient even without him. And. You know, this is going to be a this is going to be a little bit of a transition year. I I would expect Kansas City to start off a little bit slow while they're trying to figure out how all these pieces fit together. But Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, they're going to get it figured out. They always do. They've got an amazing offensive minds, and and they're going to by week five be rolling. And and you know, there might be an opportunity early on in the season if they don't get off to a fast start to maybe go in and get some of these pieces because. By the end of the year, I mean, just look at Andy Reid's track record. They're going to have a good offense. And, yeah, I mean, and Andy Reid's track record kind of leads me into this Clyde Edwards alert take um, before the Pat Mahomes, because Pat Mahomes, yeah, you're right. He, he was a quarterback one without Tyreek Hill and every time they played. Uh, he And what, what you also get in Dynasty is that 10-year contract is a very nice thing to have. That You know, you know to be fair, none of these guys are going anywhere, but Pat Mahomes is the kind of quarterback that you, it's not like Josh Allen, you're relying mostly on that rushing. Like, Pat Mahomes will get it done with his arm as well. Yep. When you say figured out, there's a lot of vacated targets there in Kansas City. And what Andy Reid has a history of doing is using that running back, mostly in the third year when they break out, is passing to the running back. We've seen now already, once he came off the pup, Clyde Zolaire has been used in the passing game so far in training camp. I know it's way early, but he's been used there. And what excites me about that is, one, the history of not, so far that, that's something that has not been used at Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They use Daryl Williams in that aspect. Mm-hmm. They have not used Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And we saw when he came out, he was one of the ba- best pass catching running backs coming out in this draft. They used a first-round pick on him. It's year three. All these vacated targets at the line of scrimmage, it all sets up for Clyde Edwards-Alaire to be involved in a passing game. We saw guys like Brian West for Westbrook finished as running back one in back-to-back years as a top-five running back catching 90 footballs in an Andy Reid-style offense. I look for Kyle Edwards-Alaire to take a big step forward here in this offense in the passing game. We know Ronald Jones has stone hands, right? He's not catching any footballs there. Derek Gore, Jarek McKinnon, those guys are wayside guys. So the use that offense, even if he just gets the the Daryl Williams receptions, there's a really good chance that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to come in here and be that running back. He's de- he's had a a barrage of injuries so far coming in there. You know, going back to 2020, he had the the, the hip, the ankle. He had the ankle in 2021. He had the knee in 2021. He had the shoulder in 2021. So what about the, the gallbladder gall surgery at the end of last year? He said yeah. he was down to 160 pounds yeah. when it came down to that injury. So 
Look for him to come in and be that target running back. And I think this is kind of offense now without Tyreek Hill taking away those receptions at the line of scrimmage. It sets Clyde edwards Zolaire up to be, to me, one of my biggest ADP jumpers in Dynasty Fantasy Football. And I've got a lot of heat for going on that rant I did about taking Clyde edwards Zolaire number one ahead of DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor. And rightfully so. Sure. It was a bad take. It, it was no bueno. But listen... If Derrick Henry could break out three years later and become the the, the best fantasy football running back in the NFL, so can Clyde edwards so Just as much as I ran, ran on that guy, I'm going to run on this guy to do better. And I think Clyde edwards is in line not only get the carries, show they get, be a runner in between the tackles and outside the tackles, but also be involved in that passing game. I think he will get the usage needed here because I think Ryan Jones is just a piece. I think yep. Clyde edwards get the usage to give you those running back one numbers and make all those people that listened that were mad finally happy. I don't listen, I don't think Andy Reid is gonna look at, at uh Ronald Jones's tape and be like, I can change this guy. He's <laughs> gonna be a pass catching back for me. Because he's just not. He hasn't been ever. I mean he, he wasn't he wasn't good at it in college. He wasn't good at it anywhere he went or, or you know anywhere in Tampa Bay with whoever was throwing in the ball. So I just I don't think he's going to try to force that round peg into a square hole there, um, and, and try to make him that. So it it boils down, you know, to is it is it Ceh or you know is he going to rely on Jarek McKinnon who looked good in, in little spot duty? But I think you know what you're getting with Jarek McKinnon. He's a you know, he's a 30 year old guy who does well in the passing game. He's not going to be able to stay healthy. No. And that's just the bottom line. Jarek McKinnon, he can't hold up to a, the rigors of, the, of a full NFL season if he was the number one guy. And when I said vacated targets, I'm not talking about like even receiving targets. They have the most vacated tar- outside of the Ravens. Sure. They have the most vacated targets to the running back available. Okay. So, and we know, again, going back to the college tape, Clyde Zolaire is more than suitable to handle that he, workload. He had, he had 50 catches his senior year to go along with like 1,400 rushing yards. So he was a very multi-faceted running back coming out, which is why you and I both liked him. It wasn't just you that liked Clyde Edwards Zolaire. I liked him as well. And, you know, we loved the fit in, in Andy Reid's offense the most. And I think we're finally going to get a chance. To your point, Derrick Henry, you know, broke out in year three because he wasn't getting the opportunity. Right. And, you know, for him, it was DeMarco Murray was ahead of him. And he finally, it, it, you know, that guy, as DeMarco Murray was kind of winding his career down, Derrick Henry was kind of winding his career up. It's a little bit different situation because Clyde Edwards Alaire, you know, was nicked up and injured and stuff like that. But he, he did see other people getting his opportunities, which is, is kind of where I'm running the parallel with Derrick Henry and the opportunities. And, and now there's no one else there to take those opportunities. An opportunity for a running back is everything. It, absolutely it is, is absolutely everything. I mean, we talk about all the time. It's not about like, you know, again, Alvin Kamara being the best running back. It was the system and scheme he was in an opportunity they had. I mean, we're going to talk about team in the next episode when we cover the NFC West in an earlier episode. Look what James Conner did with an opportunity, right? right. Absolutely. John, he, he was a banged up running back for most of his time in Pittsburgh. And that was his big knock. He goes to Arizona, stays relatively healthy, plays 15 games, gets involved in the passing game much later in the year uh, out there as well. And he finished the season as running back five in Arizona. Ooh. James Conner. James Conner. So there's absolutely no reason that Clyde Rosalier can't finish in that realm as well. When you look at the receiving core here, it's a big mystery because this is a team, as Pat, long as Pat Mahomes has been there, there's been one receiver that's been fantasy worthy, and that's it. It's Tyree Kill. I mean, so much so going outside of the year that like Sammy Watkins finishes like it was like a it was Sammy Watkins finishes like wide receiver like four, like a high end wide receiver four, so like the l- low thirties. 
They haven't had another receiver even finish in the like top 60, 70 realm there. Yeah. It's been a one guy show. So you bring in Juju Smith Schuster, and let's face it, guys. I know Ju- you know, he he was a big name there for his first two years. He, he he did some good things there in Pittsburgh. He was really good after the catch, but we haven't seen that since 2018, pretty much. It's been almost four years since Juju has been a relevant fantasy football receiver. They got a guy in a second round pick. Uh, who's only 24, me called Harmon, that can stretch the field. I mean, he's coming off a career year. He had 83 targets last year, 59 receptions for 693 yards. So that was a quiet, like, production there. They bring in Juju. They signed Marquez Valdez-Scantlin to the most money to bring him in. Yep. So you assume to be Marquez. I mean, they're only paying Juju $3.5 million. You know what I mean? Like, they're not, he's not, like, he's got to be a part of this offense. And it's a one-year deal. It's a one-year yep. deal. So they bring in MVS to most likely be the number one who, again, who can stretch the field, bigger guy, can stretch the field. He'll probably be Pat Mahomes' number two option because obviously Travis Kelsey. Yep. There's nothing we've got to say about Kelsey here. They moved his money up. He'll probably be the number one fantasy football tight end in 2022. I see the most targets. He'll be the number one receiver in this option, uh, in this offense, and you have MVS. So if he has a history of not producing any other fantasy football re- relevant receivers besides one and grants Tyree kill one of the best receivers in the NFL. Is there an opportunity here for a guy to produce? Are we just looking at a couple like wire low end wide receiver twos, wide receiver three? Yes. Do you think anybody's even viable here at all? No. So start with MVS, Juju Smith and Michael Hardman. Are any of these guys viable for your fantasy football team? Cause I would honestly only say Marquez Valdez Scantlin will finish as a top 36 fantasy football wide receiver this year. I'm I'm not even willing to really say that. Um, so here's how I see it, and this is very, you know, this is just my, the way I see it. I don't know if Andy Reid is going to share brain with me. I'm sure he's got much deeper thoughts on the offense than I do. <laughs> but you break out Tyree Kill into kind of three different facets of what he does, and you know, it's it's Marquez Valdez Scantlin's going to be the guy that runs fast and goes downfield. That was a part of Tyreek's game, right? Yeah. And then you had all the jet sweep stuff and all the stuff close to the line of scrimmage and explosive stuff where you can get him the ball close and he can make a play. And you're hoping Miko Hardman can kind of fit that role as the guy that is the next fastest guy probably, you know, on the team. He, Him and Marquez Valdez-Scantlin are both fast, but I think Miko Hardman's probably a little – quicker and fast you know what i mean so he's a little bit closer to that to that to the tyree kill can do do some of the jet sweep stuff and some of that and then there's like tyree kill was a technician and can run routes and and i think that's what juju is i think he's he but he's slow you know and obviously he's, he's not going to be quite quite as quick in and out of breaks but i think he can separate still a little bit and he's good in and out of breaks so if you broke a tyree kill into three guys i feel like you've got him in, in, you know unfortunately for fantasy purposes, that's going to break up his production into three guys as well. So I'm not sure any of the guys are going to be very viable. I know Travis Kelsey is still going to be Travis Kelsey, and they're going to get the running backs involved. I have a hard time envisioning, you know, a week in and week out basis saying I feel good about putting Marquise Valdez Scantlin. I feel good about putting Juju Smith Schuster because I think it's going to depend on who they're playing, where their strengths are on, on defense as far as coverage. And, and what kind of scheme they're running and how Andy Reid's going to exploit it that week. In this offense, I'm buying yeah. a couple areas here. because I. But I'm not going for, like, I'm not buying Juju. Yeah. Oh, and then there, obviously, well, there's Sky Moore here. So we haven't talked about Sky Moore. Right. Thinking of that, 
Sky Moore. Sky, how much do you want to really rely on a rookie? Because I think Sky Moore is probably the, the most exciting guy. But do you, if in your fantasy lineups year one, do you feel good about putting Sky Moore in? Year two. Year two, I, I feel great. He's got great hands. Yeah. This guy who only dropped three balls on all his targets in college. Uh, you know, smaller school in Western Michigan. Yeah. So Sky Moore, I think Sky Moore is what makes me worried about like those like Juju. Again, I'm not worried about Marquez Valdez Scantling. Like he's gonna find his role. He's gonna be the, that receiver. He, I think Marquez Sky, Valdez Scantling needs to learn to catch the ball better. He can get open deep, and he just has some issues with his hands. I think Sky Moore the second half of the season will be this number one receiver on this yeah. roster. I do. I do. I, I do as do well. I, so I, he, he could be like a late push kind of guy, yeah. but I'm buy I'm buying Clyde Edwards, a layer on this roster. This is the number one guy I'm buying on this roster. Like I would take Nicole Hardman in a, like a, uh, like a package deal where I, I could try and find a way to get Nicole Hardman on there for the risk for the mm-hmm. 22, 20 season. See if it could pan out to something there. But I, I, I feel very comfortable giving up a 23 first of a contender for Clyde Edwards, a Yeah. No, I feel, I feel great about Clyde. I feel, you know, obviously there, there's no reason to worry about Kelsey. And, and it, it is the wide receivers. I think Andy Reid's going to find a way to make it work and get, get his guys open and get them passes. I just don't know how week in and week out how fantasy relevant those those players are going to be. Sky Moore included for this year because I think, I think he's going to show flashes. And, and I think, like you said, towards the end of the year, he'll probably get a, a greater chunk of the uh, uh, opportunity. But early on, I think... You know, there's there's guys ahead of him that I think Andy Reid are gonna they're gonna see that they're ready to go, and and the rest of this Kansas City team is ready to go. It's gonna be hard to rely on a rookie. And what stinks is you early. can't buy Sky Moore right now in Dynasty because no. people just spend a first round pick on him. Right. As high as number eight, seven people are taking Sky Moore. I saw him go as high as like six overall in a rookie draft. So you can't buy Sky Moore, unfortunately, right now. Mm-hmm. You would hope and watch to see if there's any kind of dip there in a buying window. Um, because would you pay a late 23 first for Sky Moore? Oh, easily. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd buy there as yeah, well. Yes. So those those are my buys. Great, great offense. Very, you know, very, very intriguing player. I, I like this tape a lot. Yeah. Second round pick. They took him with the 54th yeah. pick in the draft. So he's got a draft capital goal behind it as well. Sky Moore is a buy. Probably unrealistic buy, though. But I think Clyde Edwards Alaire is a very realistic buy for most dynasty teams. If you can get a 23 year old running back in a prolific offense with a head coach that has a history of throwing the football to the running back when. When needed, uh, I think that's a good buy there. And I think I'm probably just a little bit higher on Juju Smith than you are. I think you're very ugh and out. out. And out. and and while I didn't, I don't think he showed much there at the end of his tender there with the Steelers. I honestly think Patrick Mahomes is one of these guys that can elevate a guy. You know what I mean? And and I'm going to rely on that a little bit to to say I, I at least think Juju can can get open enough that Patrick Mahomes can do some things with him. We'll see. I mean, I, there's some of his route running got a little lazy for me. I agree. In Pittsburgh. Some yeah. of it, dude, his drops got a little bit too excessive for me there in the Pittsburgh. There's just a lot of things I didn't like the last couple of years out of Juju. I mean, I've been preaching on this podcast for multiple years when he was in Pittsburgh. Sure. Why I didn't like new, it. new opportunity sometimes breathes some life into guys. You know what I mean? And I know, but big dude, he was playing for that contract. He constantly thought he was going to get that big contract. He was, so he, it wasn't like he wasn't like playing for that con. Like he was playing for that contract. So, yeah. When, it, when a guy hasn't done it to me for over, like, f- for basically almost four years, and that's been playing for this contract, to me... If you can get him on the dip, though, because he's because he hasn't done it for four years... I don't see the long-term dynasty value. Yeah. I Here's the thing. if I The only thing I would buy a, a Juju second? is... A second? Would no, you? I would not buy him for a second. I would not. Late second? No. Early third? Early third, yeah. Okay. 
Early third, I'd buy him for. All right. But that's it. Because yeah. and somehow if I got him for a second, I'm literally just praying that there's an early week one through three spike there in his veteran presence is something that they rely on. Or he does like that early Sammy Watkins yeah. where Sammy Watkins is like wide receiver one for two weeks, right? Goes ballistic. Yeah. You know? and then 40, like, 40 points in two weeks. I don't think there's any long-term value in Juju Smith-Schuster in this dynasty world that we live in. I think... I think he's just he's he's gone, right? Yeah. Like he's just gone. There's too many young guys that are coming in. We've seen a huge influx of young wide receivers. We're gonna see more coming in next year. I don't think there's a room for Juju to be that guy from what I've seen on his tape. I don't think I think I didn't like his tape coming out of college, coming out of USC at neither, all. Neither did I. He made me look bad yep. for that year and a half, two years there. I was like, Oh, well, maybe maybe we missed on Juju. But again, it was just two years, so I feel like I don't miss because if I only got two years on a receiver and I invested a first round pick or pick on him, like that's not a good pick in my eyes. Like there's no long term value there. Like I mean, if I draft a receiver and I draft them high, like I need four years minimum out of this guy. Like I need something out of that. Agreed. Uh, a running back, I'll take two to three years always. Right. But the receiver, you're burning I need and that those guys. Yeah. Right. You know? Absolutely. And I'll wait three years for a tight end always. But for a guy like Juju, from what I've just seen, you know. If we go back to his college tape, a couple of years of that, and his his five years in the NFL, there's been two that have been enjoyable. The rest have just been okay. So I don't see value in that long term. So I'm not buying because I don't believe in him, and I don't think I don't think he finishes a top thirty six receiver this year. Not even top. Th- yeah. Listen, like I said, I th- I think I'm higher than him on I'm I'm higher on him than you are. I'm not like jumping up and down. I don't think he's like the best piece in this offense or anything like that. But he might be cheap and easily obtained, and who knows? You know what I mean? Who knows in this offense? At receiver, PPR, who has the most fancy, who has the most fancy points on this Chiefs offense when it's all said done at receiver? Uh, by the end of the year? By the end of the year. Week 18, it, the, the, it's over with. I'm uh, sobbing in another failed Brown season. <laughs> I think, can I say Josh Gordon? No. <laughs> I forgot he's even on the roster. Justin Watson. Uh, no. I honestly do think it's probably Juju. You think it's Juju? I do. Okay. And that's why I say that. Um, but I don't think it's a lot. I don't think he's like fantastic. That's the thing. I want I want to get super ballsy and say it's Sky Moore that, that finishes with the most points. In my head, that's what I was about to say, and that's why I laughed at myself, and I went, I can't do that. So it's I like, want to yeah. say Sky Moore, but I think Marquez Valdez-Gantlin gets him just by his early production. You think Marquez Valdez-Gantlin's good for like 800 yards or more? I think it's good for about maybe maybe here more. We'll see how okay. no, cuz I think Sky Moore's gonna, I bet Juju's going to finish at best as the third most fancy points on this roster. At best. Juju in 2020 had you know almost 1000 yards. Oh, well great. Good for him. I I'm just saying it's only, you know, 18 games. Last year was t- last year was <laughs> 17 ba- games. Last year was bad, obviously 15 receptions 129 yards, but 2020 988 yards. And that was the year was that that was the year that Big Ben was out too, right? Was that the year he missed? I think that was. And he was the only receiver there at the time. There's like nobody else really producing. No, Chase Chase Claypool was there. Or no, uh, James Conner. It was the no that hurt. I think Ben was on. No, whatever. Either way. Either way. Either way. Either way. I I call turd. You call nugget. Gold nugget. So there you go. Um, Before we jump into our next team, let me tell you about guys at FFPC. If you're wondering what FFPC is. 
It's the home to the largest high-stakes dynasty league community in fantasy football. They have over 1,000 active leagues. You can join a $77 league all the way up to a $2,500 league. And what I love the most, I've been saying them for weeks now, about the FFPC is they offer consistent year-in, year-out reliability. Mm. Like that league that you join will be there best, every single best year. Best ability. Yeah, I mean, it's the best ability is reliability, right? Or, or availability. Availability. <laughs> so... To me, you know, we talk about this, and you can't put a price tag on that, man. Like, the the how much goes in the dynasty of the rebuild, the investment in trades of future draft picks, right? Like, there's a lot you invest. You're not only your money, but your time into this, right? Yep. And, like, part of the fun of dynasty is sometimes to rebuild. So if you don't get that, if you do that and the league folds within a couple of years, like, not only have you wasted your time, but more important, you wasted your money. And FIPC is going to give you that security, of leagues. They've never had a dynasty league fold since 2010. So 12 years Ooh, straight nice of running thousands of leagues, thousands of leagues, they've never had one fold. And they have a lot of other stuff going on too besides uh, FFPC leagues. They have a wide, wide, wide range of redraft leagues, contests going on there just starting at $5. Go check them out. MyFFPC.com. Right now, if you enter the promo code NERDS, you're going to get $35 off any new FFPC startup registration. They have leagues, teams you can buy out there, start your new league. If you're going to host a league and you want to pay for it outside of one of these other leagues and you, you're worried about a fold-in or you don't have enough people to join a dynasty league, say there's got five good buddies you want to get going, you want to fill it out. F my FPC, my FFPC.com is the place to be. Use that promo code NERDS and they're going to help you out. bucks off. If it's a $77 entry, boom, you're in there, man. 35 bucks off a $77 entry. Can't beat it, man. Yep. Can't beat it. So let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders. Quarterback, Derek Carr, Jarrett Stidham, Nick Mullins. Running back, Josh Jacobs, Zamir White, Kenyon Drake, Brandon Bolden. Zamir. <laughs> I like Zamir a ton. And they trade up for Zamir. Yep. They moved up four spots to trade mm-hmm. for Zamir. So they like him as well. Uh, wide receiver, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Matt Collins, Keelan Cole, Tyron Johnson, Demarcus Robinson. It's just going to be Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro. Tight end, Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, Jacob Hollister, and Nick Bowers. They obviously signed Jarrett Sidham and Nick Mullins. One of these guys is going to be the backup uh, there. They signed Brandon Bolden. I think they signed Brandon Bolden, who's a nice pass catcher running back. Did very well in New England last yeah, yeah. year. But they also have Kenyon Drake. Yep, there who's a really good pass catcher, and they restructured his contract, so I think Kenyon Drake's locked in for this year. I think he said it last time we said it was is a buy, right? Yep, he's absolutely locked in. Um, they can get out after this year for Kenyon Drake, but he this is one of those guys with with a bunch of phone, uh, phony years on the end of it too. Yeah, so he has like a twenty twenty two end of his contract, but it actually is on the books till like twenty twenty six. So they're going to have him for sure for this year. Uh, so he's a pass catcher running back. Now, yeah, Brendan Bolden's capable, but what Brendan Bolden also does is Brendan Bolden plays really good special, special teams, teams, like really good. So they he's, signed him to be a special teams Brandon guy. Brandon Bolden is a culture guy. You know what I mean? He's coming over from New England. He knows what uh, is expected there uh, from Josh McDaniels. Same thing with Jared Stidham. Uh, Stidham. Uh, they brought Patriots up, guy that they, traded for him. Yeah, they traded they traded for, uh, and brought him over. So he'll help, you know, both those guys are going to be guys that help other guys along and kind of get people get acclimated to the system. And, and, and they're not going to be huge big-time fantasy producers, but they're on the roster to kind of help the other people and prop them up and get them used to this stuff. You know, Josh, uh, 
Josh McDaniels is bringing his guys. He brings in Jacob Johnson, the fullback from the Patriots. Uh, they sign Amir Abdullah. They trade for Devontae Adams. Yep. You know, they make they give him a contract. Five years, 141.25, million guaranteed. He's locked in here. They signed Demarcus Robinson to a $1.2 million, but only $427,000 guaranteed there. They signed Matt Collins to a two-year. Again, not a lot guaranteed. Keelan Cole makes the roster. He's got 150,000 guaranteed. Uh, They signed Jacob Hollister. He's got 76,000 guaranteed. So the big thing here is going to be Derek Carr and Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and that's the offense. And Josh Jacobs is going to be the starter. They're going to use Zamir White here as well. I think they're going to ride Josh Jacobs as much as they can. He'll be the main starter. I think Zamir White will be the starter in 2023. And Kendrick Drake will be the pass catcher running back. Yeah, here's the deal. I, I... you know, I I think you you're right on with the, the wide receivers. They're going to funnel the, the targets to Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. Obviously, Darren Waller is going to be running free through the center like he never has. Um, but you know, Kenyon Drake is going to be the pass catching guy. That is his role. That is what he's made. That's what he's been made for. Like ever since he came into the NFL, that's been his thing. And Josh McDaniels loves using those guys. We broke them down a couple of shows yep. ago. Um, but Zamir White, in my opinion, just has something that Josh Jacobs doesn't. And I think we're going to see enough flashes early on in the season because I think you're right. I think Josh Jacobs is going to start off as the guy. He, you know, he is, he, he, this is his last year. He's tied through the end of the season. I think they're going to want to, you know, run him into the ground as much as possible. But what Josh Jacobs doesn't have that Zamir White does have is, is that legitimate 4 4 speed. And, and Josh Jacobs came out, he was a 4 closer to a four, six guy. He doesn't have, he's, he's a bruiser. He likes initiating contact and, and beating dudes down, but he's never going to break a big run just because he doesn't have that top gear that I, that we saw Zamir white have on film, but then he backed it up at, at the combine when he ran that fast number. So I, I think it is a matter of time before Zamir white kind of takes over and, and they see too much, too many good things out of this guy. And, and I think, by the end of the year, he's he is the starting run up running back for the Raiders. I think that's I think I I don't think that's till next year. I don't think Zamir White is going to do much this year at all. Um, and we when I got when I look at the Raiders here, I was diving into Josh Jacobs a little bit because I do like Josh Jacobs a lot. He a lot. He's somebody in the first three years of his uh career have had, had twelve hundred yards every single year. He's been a yeah he's been a guy a borderline running back one every single and, year. And what we saw out of college was he's very viable in the passing game. Yes. Right. Yep. And when you mentioned, and I want to look at that because I know you said the thing about Kenyon Drake and Josh uh, McDaniels likes to use that pass catcher running back. Like, oh, this is the guy. I actually think that Josh Jacobs could be that guy this year as well. I think it gives a little bit, I think it opens the door a little bit more for the Zamir White usage that you'd want to. I think Josh Jacobs would be there on third down. We saw last year, he set career high in targets. He had 64 Josh Jacobs caught 54 balls for 348 yards. So that was pretty good for him. Mm -hmm. And I know some of that was when, uh, Kenyon Drake, Drake got hurt, yep. but we know he's viable. And that, that was something we were kind of yelling for since year one of Josh Jacobs' career, right? Like, yeah. why isn't he used more in the passing game? Why aren't you using him? Used a little bit more last year, had a very solid year. We know Josh McDaniel's history here. So I think there's a really good opportunity here for Josh Jacobs to be somewhat of a sleeper. Like, I know Miles Sanders is on my list of, of a guy who I think is going to put up way better numbers than he did last year. He's getting and, pissed. He is best. He's had a really good train camp so far, too. Yeah. Really good. He's broken off some good runs. Another guy who could be viable in a passing game there. Everybody's all jumping on Kenneth Gainwell. It's going to be Miles Sanders. But for me, Jacobs... Agreed. You know, Go ahead. 
a guy who's he's out the door after this year, I think he has a chance to put up running back one numbers this year if he's used in that passing game. If he can build off those 64 targets he had last year and come back in with those 50, uh, 54 uh, receptions, receptions, just give me that. And what I think Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller could do as a group, I think that will help open up that run game a little bit more too. I think Josh Jacobs is in a really good spot to have his best fantasy football season to date. And I think most of that's going to rely on the passing game, but where you were pushing the Kenyon Drake narrative, I kind of want to push that a little bit more towards Josh Jacobs this year. That's where I would predict this goes. I think that PPR usage will put him into that category. Not now, albeit, albeit maybe it's a low end running back one range, but I think the targets and the receptions will get him there. If he can get his, what he always does, 1,200 yards, 50, and you get those that 55, 60 receptions, that's mid-range running back one numbers. So, the, I mean, those are huge numbers. I'm just, I think Kenyon Drake personally is just better at that kind of stuff. Uh, I know Josh Jacobs can do it. And I, I think he's, you know, he, in a pass-fail situation, he passes and can catch the ball uh, well. He doesn't fight it or anything like that. He's not a Ronald Jones type of guy. But I think Kenyon Drake is just more natural at, at it. So I'm not sure that he'll get back to where he was last year when Drake was out. Um he could absolutely, you know, you know, he could, she could shelve Zamir White. That's within the realm of possibilities in my mind. I'm just such a big Zamir White fan that, uh, you know, in my in my brain, there's no way it's not going to happen. But it, it is within the realm of possibilities that he gets 1,200 yards. I don't know that it's in, within the realm of possibilities for me that he's going to get 50 receptions with See, Kenyon and, Drake on, and I on think, the field. I think that's a healthy Kenyon Drake. I think Zamir White is clouding. Your brain, your brain a little bit. And, and listen, I get there too when you yeah. have players that you love. Cause, and I like Zamir White a lot too. And I do. I think he's the starter in 2023. I really do. It's just I don't think he's going to get enough usage this year to get there. I think he'll show flashes. He'll be yeah. pretty solid. But it won't be enough to get him off the field. Sure. And we know Zamir is not really viable in the passing game either. Well, we so, don't know that because they, they had James Cook. And, and another fair. guy that was just better. Than, and, you know and, what I mean? And that is fair too. But the... I'm going to assume that for his rookie year, sure. that's where it's going to be. Yep. Um, you know, the big question here with Devonte Adams, we know is prolific with him in Fresno State with Derek Carr coming out, leading all college football and touchdowns here. We know Derek Carr is coming off uh, a really good year last year as quarterback number eleven. Now, some of that is a little bit uh, diving into it a little bit because we we sit here and preach Derek Carr for months on this podcast. Uh, some of those numbers came back where. They weren't as sexy as I thought they would be. You know, when they had Henry Ruggs on the field, Henry Ruggs would stretch the field there. Mm-hmm. It really helped Derek Carr. It helped, obviously, Hunter Renfro in the middle. We know Devontae Adams isn't necessarily a field stretcher no. out there, uh, but he is. he's a dominant receiver. I think the three of them, with his route run of Hunter Renfro, is going to really help him out as a total. But the second half of the season, Derek Carr, uh, on a points game per game basis, wasn't that great. He wasn't even a quarterback, too. I think it was... I can't remember what podcast it was how many weeks ago and i'm not sure if you were on it or not we've been so like uh you know back and forth summertime vacations yeah a lot of vacations going on but uh, Derek carr i mean when you look at this division it's hard to say this but Derek carr is the worst quarterback in their division oh yeah for sure so i mean that, that's what you're working with though it's not he's not the worst you know he's not the worst quarterback in a lot of other divisions but he's in this particular division and that's what i'm talking about he is the worst quarterback in this division um that's not to say he's bad and not to say that he's bad for fantasy football purposes, but there, there, 
there's areas that he could improve on uh, and and he could get better at. And Adams should help him yeah, a, a ton. Absolutely. I mean, because Adams is one of the most prolific receivers in the game. It's the reason he had the contract. And it's not just because Aaron Rodgers was his quarterback. I mean, now, granted, that he was there for most of the time. But even when uh, Rodgers got hurt and Brent Hundley was the quarterback uh, for eight games, Devontae Adams was a wide receiver one for five of those eight games. Five of those games, he was still a wide receiver one, finished as high with as... Who at, with who at quarterback? Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley. Uh, UCL he, Bruin. The, the last week of week 14, he finished as wide receiver three, 10 catches, 84 yards, two touchdowns. Obviously, the touchdowns get you there, but, I mean, he was outside of a wide receiver three twice in week seven. Uh, he only caught two balls for 12 yards, and then wide receiver 43 in week 13 that year, four catches for 42 yards. So, for me, this is just going to take this whole Raiders offense to another level. Yeah, no, no. I, I think obviously adding those pieces is going to be big for Derek Carr. That being said, I still think he's the fourth worst <laughs> quarterback. You know, and he is, you know what I mean? Renfro like, helps. And, they, and they, you know, obviously he's up, he's a part of the future. He signed that two year, $32 yeah. million dollar extension there. He's a, he's a lethal weapon in the red zone. I mean, Derek Carr does not run the ball. Derek Carr's never even had over like, he doesn't average over like seven yards a rush and, Per game, I mean, like he does no, not move he, the ball at all. That's um, not his thing. He's not trying to do that. He he wants to win with his arm, and and that's that's fine. You know what I mean? Even from a fantasy standpoint, from a superflex, you know, uh, superflex uh, standpoint, I still want to have him on my roster. I think he's a great a great number two to have. Um, but he's going to be that borderline uh, quarterback one, quarterback you know, low end quarterback one, high end quarterback two. I think that's kind of where he lives. Will Devontae Adams be able to push him up a little bit? Maybe, but there's three guys I'd rather have within his division. So, <laughs> and that's just his division. And you know what I mean? So he's going to, he's going to end up right around there. Okay. Kirk, he's, he's in the Kirk Cousins he realm is. there. Yeah. And, wh- and what about Darren Waller? Uh, he's somebody turned 30 yeah. in September. Uh, September 13th, he turns 30. Didn't have the best year. Obviously, he started off week one as an absolute monster. Stud, 19 targets or something crazy. Yeah, got but then he got banged up. You know, he had the uh he had the knee, he strained his knee, he was out from weeks thirteen to seventeen there. Uh got hurt in August a little bit there as well. Somebody who came in, still even though he played eleven games, still had a ton of targets in the offense. But again, Devontae Adams are come in and take some of those away. Where do you look at Darren Waller in the dynasty landscape right now as you know, a thirty year old in this offense? Is he still in that top tier? I think he still has top tier upside for sure. I think last year was a down year and and this year, you know, he's he's going to be seeing coverages that he's never seen before cuz Devontae Adams on the other side. And not to mention that, but Hunter Renfro has proven that he's a weapon too that people have to actually pay attention to. I mean, he's he, he'll nickel and dime you all day long and Derek Carr is fine with that. If you don't cover them, you know, and all that does is suck the defense up a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage and 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 makes that window you know, between Devontae Adams on the one side and, and everyone kind of sucking into whatever whatever um, uh, Hunter Renfro is doing, it, it makes a nice little pocket right over the top, and, and that's perfect for tight ends to just, you know, Derek, Derek Carr can just drop it right in there, and, and he could have a huge year this year. And at 29 years old for a tight end, Thirty. It, he'll be thirty. It's not a yeah. It's not a. It's not ideal. Season off September twelfth. His birthday September thirteenth. Twenty nine to start the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not ideal, but it's not like the deal breaker of all deal breakers. How old is Travis Kelsey right now? 
34? Yeah, exactly. He's still doing it. He's the number one target. He is the number one target. Yeah, no no doubt about it. But I think Darren Waller is going to be kind of running free this year. In Dynasty right now, Travis Kelsey 34. Who'd you rather have, Darren Waller or Travis Kelsey? Travis Kelsey. Okay. So you have Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews. Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, George Kittle. George Kittle. Travis Kelsey. Right. Would you put in Dynasty right now? Superflex tight end premium. Superflex Darren tight end. Darren Waller is still a solid name. He'd probably be the fifth there. You put him fifth? Yeah. Over TJ Hawkinson? Yes. You would? Yes. Okay. Dalton Schultz? Yes, I think Dalton Schultz is a volume guy. Who he'll see that volume this year. He'll see the volume this year for sure. I, I think you know Dalton Schultz is obviously younger and has a chance to do it for much, much longer. But Darren Waller, he's got almost a 1,200-yard season under his belt. He's got, you know, uh, another 1,146-yard season under his belt. And I think that's well within the range of outcomes. That was 2019, 2020. Last year was the, the year he got injured. I think he could just jump right back into that 1,000-yard range pretty I, easily. I think he's worth drafting there. But I'm concerned about three receivers on a team having over 1,000 yards rece- receiving yards. So I'm – Somewhat concerned about that because I think Hunter Renfro. You think is, Hunter gets above a thousand yards this year? I think it's pretty damn close. I think he'll nickel and dime you, but I think I think he will. I, mean, I think he'll nickel and dime you probably to eight hundred yards this year. It's a seventeen game schedule that really kind of like yeah. makes a thousand yards a little less. I mean, again, I mean tight ends they don't see a ton of targets. I mean, the most a guy like Travis Kelsey seeing like what one hundred forty targets. Twenty twenty, he um, Darren Waller saw one hundred forty six. That was twenty twenty though. It was his best year sure. ever. He's the main focal point of the offense. Um, that that's usually hard to come by when it comes to tight ends. So it you, is. It is hard absolutely. to see them get over a hundred targets, right? So you got one hundred and seven the year before, twenty nineteen. For me, I think Waller belongs there in dynasty rankings. Ninety three last year, when and he has eleven games, and and yeah, because I think Devon again, but Devon Adams come here and eat these targets. They they made the highest paid receiver in NFL for a reason. He's gonna, they're gonna be looking Devontae's way for a reason. He's one of the best players in the NFL. No doubt about it. No so that, that hurts Waller. It does. It hurts Waller. And, and Runfro is too good of a route runner not to get his targets as well. Um, and we mentioned the passing games of the running backs here. So to me, in Dynasty, for me personally, I think Waller is completely fair to take him there at five overall tight, tight end. But from a Dynasty outlook, I'm looking at guys that I'm a little bit more interested in that I, I would look to trade Waller for. Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson, Dalton Schultz, uh, and, I, and I'll listen to Dalton Schultz where he they, they kind of get a long-term deal with him done. I'll listen to that argument. But if they franchise him two years in a row, it wouldn't be the most expensive thing in the world for the, the Cowboys either. Um, and I, I'm, also, I'm also interested somewhat in guys like, you know, Cole Komet. Um, the upside there, getting, getting younger. So, I mean, I think, let me put it this way. I think this, is a, this is a big year for Cole Komet, by the way. Very big year. Because if he does nothing... Oh, it's yeah. It's, it's like he's a, it's, he's, a, he's a princess on the parade. It's the tumble. He's a town. He's a town. Yeah. Mrs. Beauty Queen and the, the pageant waving in that beauty yeah, wave. But what I look at it is like for Darren Waller from an age standpoint and almost from a contract standpoint, you could probably trade Darren Waller for Zach Ertz plus and probably get pretty close to the same fantasy football value there. Um, definitely comes a target share. So I'd rather just trade Waller for Zach Ertz. Plus. And you're getting two years older, but that's not that bad. And and for what you got out of Zach Ertz at the end of last year when he went to Arizona, that's that's pretty good. That's that's what I'm yeah. looking at. I'm just yeah. I'm not trying to get worse at tight end, but I mean, I think when you enter that second tier, which is where I mean, honestly, it'd be the third tier because Pitts and Andrews are in their own tier. Yeah. Uh, for dynasty tight ends, 
when you get that third tier, and I guess you could put Waller in the second tier with Kittle, Kelsey, and then Waller. I guess if you want to put him there, I wouldn't argue that point either. I just feel like that third tier of all it, it gets really broad there. So if I get anything plus, that's what I'm looking for. No, I, I agree. Um, the tight ends get murky pretty quick. All right, let's move on to a yep. great team, shall we? Let's do it. The Los Angeles Chargers, quarterback by Justin <laughs> Herbert, Chase Daniel, the guy who's thrown like eight passes and made $55 million in the NFL. Best gig ever. Oh, I love that guy. Easton Stick at running back, Austin Eckler, Isaiah Spiller, Josh Kelly, Larry Roundtree. At wide receiver, Keen Allen, Mike Williams, <laughs> Josh Palmer, <laughs> J. Mike Dubs, Jalen Guyton, and DeAndre Carter. At tight end, Gerald Everett, Donald Parham, Trey McKitty, and Hunter Camp. Moyer. Pardon Sammy. They signed DeAndre Carter at wide receiver. Uh, one year, $1.1 million. Nothing mm. crazy. Yeah. The biggest sign they made was Gerald Everett. They signed him two years, $12 million, made $8 million guaranteed. So when they signed Jared Cook to a contract, they're like, oh, here's like $4 million. Gerald Everett, they paid. Like Gerald Everett's the starting tight end. As much as we like to put down a par him t- the hype. Yeah. Gerald Everett is the starting tight end here for the Los Angeles Chargers. For this year. After 2022, yeah. they they have they can get out from underneath and, that contract. And they most likely will. Yep. But well, I love when, about when this, he gets them the token 400 or 450 or 500 yards that he always gets, he will be cut. What I love about this offense and what I love about the Herbert rise and why he's you know arguably the number one dynasty quarterback, obviously Josh Allen, you can make an argument for any of these guys. You know, with Justin Herbert is... We talk about, just like with the running back scheme system, Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator, loves to push the ball downfield. Loves it. And Joe and Joe Herbert does it so well, and he's got really good weapons to do that in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. So, Just, ta- Joe, Her- Joe Herbert does? How about Justin? All his, the above. His brother, Justin. Joe Lombardi. So <laughs> when you look at, when you look at like, hey, Rich, what do you mean Justin Herbert's the the number one dynasty quarterback? There's Josh Allen, and there's, there's Pat Mahomes. They've got the long-term contracts. Well, guess what? Guess who's coming with a long-term contract? Here? Guess who's going to be the highest-paid player in NFL history when they sign a contract? It's going to be Justin Herbie. Herbie. Yep. You know, you know, Justin Herbert has seventy-seven touchdowns um, so far through his first two, first two seasons. I hadn't been counting, but that's pretty good. You know, it's the most in NFL history. <laughs> what the? What's the most? He's breaking records. Oh, that is, that's the that most. is a record. So, <laughs> I thought you were asking me what do I know what the most? He's is. He's only twenty-four years old. Yeah. The best is, we haven't even seen the best of Justin Herbert yet. So for me, this is, there's nothing, we don't sit here and need to talk about Justin Herbert for much. He's locked in in that top tier. You know, what I would ask you, would you take Justin Herbert ahead of Pat Mahomes? Which would be blasphemy 19 months ago. Blasphemy indeed. Well, listen. Same tier, I know. Same same tier. I know, and I understand we're splitting hairs here. But if you're on a clock right now, and say you had a one-two, and Josh Allen went one-one. Who are you taking in Superflex? Um, man, that is a that is a tough one. But twenty-four versus twenty-seven. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let that I'm gonna let that math right there probably split the hairs for me. And I'm and I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm I'm. Yeah, I'm gonna go Justin Herbert. I would too. Yeah, as crazy as it is to say you take more Pat, I would take Justin Herbert number two. Yeah. I mean, they, they both have great weapons. They're both in great offenses and they both have, they're, they're big. They're, you know what I mean? They're both like six, 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 five. They could, they can rush the ball too and, and get you bonus yards in the, in that department, which I think is kind of underrated, uh, 
for Justin Herbert. I mean, last year he got 300, uh, 300 yards and three touchdowns. The year before, he had five rushing touchdowns. So he's a guy that can that can score in multiple ways. And like you said, 77 touchdowns. Holy crap, man. In just in just two years. That's those are historic type of numbers. These guys don't come around that often. And, and you know, you can't go wrong with either one, but I'm, I'll just take the three extra years. It's when you, it's it, when we push that narrative and we get to, we get to push back about these quarterbacks of taking these guys that have that first round pedigree is high in the rookie draft over the running backs and over these receivers. And you're like, Oh, there's no way you could take them over that running back. This is why this is the why. Because this, this is, is what you're shooting for. Because they're unobtainable otherwise. You're not trading for Justin Herbert in Dynasty Superflex. If you are, you're overpaying where you're probably going to hurt your Dynasty team unless you've done an awesome job at drafting. So you got to risk it for these kind of guys. And look at the team weapons you got around. Look at Austin Eckler right now. Still a top-end yep. Dynasty football running back. Uh, He's right in his prime, 27 years old. Very good, obviously, yep. in the passing game, but also still viable in between the tackles. Yep. You know, we, we were somewhat worried, like, even when they bring a guy like Isaiah Spiller, and Isaiah Spiller is going to be a good, not as viable in the passing game, but a good in-between-the-tackles runner. Isaiah Spiller is really good getting to the outside edge. Mm-hmm. But even last year when they brought a guy like Eckler in, like we were like, hey, what can he do with the goal line? Like when they're getting inside that 10-yard, that 5-yard line. He had 12 carries last year inside the 5. He, he got 6 in. So um, he, he had 12 to- total. Seven. Rush- he got 7 in. He had 12 total rushing touchdowns, 8 receiving touchdowns. So the dude just went berserk last year. I mean, he was he was the number two guy overall as far as you know PPR running back. Seventy receptions, over six hundred yards, and, and then he had nine hundred eleven. His highest total by far on the ground on two hundred six carries. And I look for that to carry over yeah. this year as well. Uh, Isaiah Spiller, a very nice prospect, but he's gonna be the bat last guy. I mean, you're looking at well, like well, Justin Jackson did when Justin Jackson got the opportunity. He was a very fun, nice uh, fancy football player. He played what two games there? Um, got like. Over 70% of the carries there. But he had 11 care, uh, rushes. I feel like the, everyone else there, are, they're just they're just guys. Isaiah Spiller is is the most you know physically imposing and, and, and most physically talented guy that they have behind Austin Eckler. Right now he's running with the twos, but they said the, they, they just put the pads on fully and he's starting to pop. Like, yeah. like big surprise, you know? So I think it's a matter of time before he beats out those other guys and is the number two option in this offense um, at running back. But... I don't think that threatens Austin Eckler all that much this year in the short term. I do think I do think he's a guy that could be viable long term in that offense. As far as you know, Austin Eckler, you know, next next year he's twenty eight, and, and, and that's really when the cliff is going to come for for a guy like Eckler. I feel like twenty eight, twenty nine, like see, see you later, and then Isaiah Spiller is just kind of rolling right into the to the starting role. But I mean, I think that's a two year wait at most, yeah. and by then. See, I think with guys like Spiller, and I think what gets you pumped up about him is like, yeah, okay, you know, when Eckler's done, it's like two years. In two years, they'll either then because this offense will still be prolific. Yep. You know, Keenan Allen will be gone at that point. Uh, he'll be like thirty-two, so he'll probably be off the team. He'll probably still only be twenty-eight because we always feel like he's older than he actually. He, he just is. turned thirty. <laughs> he's right in the middle of that four-year, eighty million dollar deal. So in th- two years, it'll be over with. He'll be gone. It'll be Mike Williams and whoever young guy they draft to take his place, right. and they'll probably either. They probably won't draft the guy. This would be the team, like, ooh, who the Chargers taking, right? And, like, yeah, Isaiah Spiller's there, and you always get excited about it, but then they draft the guy like Brees Hall in the second round. Right. Like, you know, how we it are about Michael Carter, yep. Yep. and then Spiller's never there. I think Spiller only reaches his potential kind of when Eckler goes down. Yeah. It, just as much you like Justin Jackson or Josh Kelly at that standpoint. So, you know, th- there was a little boost to Spiller when you're like, oh, we got a couple carries with the ones here, like the other day in training camp. 
if there's any kind of boost to Spiller's name, and I know he's a good dynasty prospect, we were talking about him. I, I'm selling him because I don't think I don't think I could wait two years for Isaiah Spiller to pan out. You know, like how many of those running backs that we see that we wait for pan out? And I feel the same way about a guy like Tony Pollard, right? Like, oh, you're waiting for Tony. By the time they get their opportunity, they want to bring the fresh legs right. anyways, they're, and they don't even want to pay those guys. They're 28 years old, and it's just like, see ya. They're not paying those guys yep. their second contract. So for me, it, and we, the only one that ever really panned out was like Michael Turner from LA when he got outside of Ladanian. And, and there'd be other guys like Ben Tate in Houston. Like, oh, once he gets the opportunity, he end up signing Cleveland. Yep. That, this is going to be it. Horrible. Didn't pan out. Yep. Horrible. Didn't I mean, how out. many of these guys can you, is, think I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm racking my brain. I can't They're locked it. in the number two role sure. for for two years, at least two years, yeah. that end up being the guy down the road. It doesn't happen in fantasy. Yep. And Michael Turner was. Because if years ago, because if you're good enough to be a starting running back, they see it. They see it. Yeah, and it's it's it just and it it takes a guy like a Chris Carson that comes in and they just win the job. Yep. You know what I mean? So for me, the Isaiah Spiller hype. I think there. I think we saw a small boost to him because what he was doing in training camp, just because of the news there. If I can get a 23 second, that's probably a little bit higher. Definitely from if I get Eckler, probably a little lower. I'm selling for that. Like I'm selling Isaiah Spiller. I don't think bar an injury that there's a long-term dynasty value here. I don't I mean, I don't, I don't hate that, but I, I, there, there is a part of me that thinks he could be the guy long-term. So at the same time, but like, but like you said, you are going to have to wait a couple of years in my opinion. So, you know, is it worth it just to, just to cash in your chips and get a fresh, fresh legs? Probably. And the problem is you probably took him with a high second. So it doesn't really make sense there. So I'd want more than 20. Actually, no, I wouldn't sell him for 23 seconds. I just took him for 22 seconds. Even though 23 is going to be a little bit more valuable. Right. That's I what would, I, that's what I was thinking that that you would want to do that because it's just a better draft. If I could pick you off, let me say this: If I can get a twenty three second and a twenty four second, if I could double down with two seconds there, they give me four seconds over the next two years. I would do that. Sure. Let me put it that way because yeah. again, it, it's playing fantasy football and especially dynasty fantasy football for as long as we have, you know, going on close to twenty years. Uh, I try to treat it somewhat like kind of like when you said at the poker table: like, what do I see? What are the odds? What are the history here? And history tells me that to be really hard for this to turn into a high-end dynasty asset. Though what he would need is Eckler to get hurt, hitting the ball out to get him out from under there. Right. Um, at the receiver position, we mentioned Keen Allen, very solid. He's turning 30. We know there's a small drop-off once you hit the age of 30, always for the receivers. Mike Williams signs his extension, uh, three years, $60 million. So the question really is, like, who's going to be that number three guy last year they were really close in targets with Guyton and Palmer 33 catches for Palmer 31 for uh Guyton but Guyton had the 448 yards I like Josh Palmer here as that third receiver to kind of step in if there's a number two that goes down to be that fantasy football relevant I think I think he's the guy that has the most upside even even though he has just basically had 400 yards for the past five years um go, going back to college but I do I do think he's the guy that has the most upside and then at the tight end yeah. again there I know there's nothing here I mean I know Everett looked pretty good the second half last year yep. with their, uh, with Russell Wilson. Donald Parham is a nice buy. I think so. Stash yep. I think there. he's a stash because he, he's, he's a touchdown waiting to happen anytime he touches the ball. Trey McKitty, former third round pick. He hasn't shown us anything. So it's struggling it's, it's with a good drops stash. From, what, from what I hear as well. Yeah. He, yep. He's no bueno here. It's, it's going to be Eckler, Williams, Allen. Yes. In a prolific offense. Yes, and, and again, this going back to the AFC West as a whole, 
tough division, man. A lot of balls going to throw yeah. around. Yep. So that's it for the show. Uh, I didn't mention this at the beginning of the show, but we are running a promo code uh, oh, yeah. for the next month. All the way up to the kickoff. If you want to check out, like get our next episode, for example, when we come to the NFC West and join the Nerd Herd, we're running a promo code right now. All you have to use the promo code football. Football. And you're going to save 15% off all our platforms. You're going to get access to all our, the film room which we're going to start uploading all the 2023 rookies in here, which is all 22 film, mm. by the way. Mm. Uh, the nerd score, all the tools that we have, and most importantly, Dynasty GM. I know I've been saying it for months, but all I do is ask you guys to try it out, and you'll see it's the best tool in Dynasty Fantasy Football. For the price of a cup of coffee, you can use that monthly. And when you're in season, it's got a trade calculator. It's got the league analyzer. It's got the player shares. Good stuff, man. It's got all everything it. set up for you to succeed we're going to put it all in the app here coming soon, which then will all be at the click of a button. The film room, the league analyzer, the nerd score, everything we have from Rankins, everything will be in there for you, all for the price of a cup of coffee. Save 15%. Use the promo code FOOTBALL. Save that on here. Get ready for your Dynasty Fantasy Football season. Let us guide you because here we go. In the season, use the tools. Once it's over, you want access to that film room and our rookie breakdowns fully. Got to join the nerd herd here. <sighs> For all of that, and of course, our bonus podcast that we're coming out every week, which is our next episode. Don't miss a thing in Dynasty Fantasy Football. Join the Nerd Herd today. Promo code FOOTBALL. Sounds good, man. Adios. <laughs>